What up universe, welcome to the Rage Hammer podcast. My name is Chris and I'll be guiding you through this fun and exciting podcast. Um, I don't mean that sarcastically, I'm just being silly. Um, What is Rage Hammer? What is the podcast about? Um, I love Warhammer, I love Age of Sigma, I love Forge World Games Workshop and I just want to talk about it. So this is my... This is my podcast where I'm just going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about the new releases, things that are coming up, upcoming events, new models, um, new games. Um, we're going to review those games. We're going to review those models, those books, those codexes. Um, not only that, but we're going to have battle reports. We're going to talk about um, miniatures. and I'm going to do a miniature of the week this week. Um, really cool one. Um, we'll get into that very shortly. But um Let's start with the new releases this week. This weekend, of course, the Gene Stealer Colts Codex has been announced. I've known about this for a while. It was quite, kind of inevitable that it was gonna, this was going to come um, when the Death Watch Codex was released. Very cool release, though the Death, the Death Watch was. Um, I think it did G-Dub pretty well. So they've decided to go um, with the Gene Stealer Cups and a big, big release for these guys. Big, nice splash release codex, the Collector's Edition codex. Kind of a, a Robot Wars sort of vibe going on with the case. It looks really nice. That comes with the cards and, you know, objective markers, your usual um, limited edition bits and bobs. Or just the basic codex. And there's a couple of models that have come out as well, obviously, uh, including the hybrids. The hybrids are looking pretty damn cool. Um, 25 quid is not bad price either. Um, pretty reasonable for the hybrids. You've got metamorphs as well that you can make, and the uh, yeah the acolyte hybrids, the neophyte hybrids. You've got the hybrid metamorphs. Um, there's quite a few bits. The um, the neophyte hy- hybrids. I really like the look of. Um, good ch- good opportunity there to convert some cultists. I think definitely. Um, but if you want them for gene stealers, have them for gene stealers. Really cool, um, really cool set of dice that have come out as well. I really like the dice. Funnily enough, the only thing that's actually sold out on their website um, usually is now. The dice are pretty popular. Really nice ones. Hopefully they come back. Um, nice purple ones. The ones on the dice are the, uh, the gene stealer icon. Really, really cool. So what do we think of this new release? What is this release going to give us? I'm hoping for some um, combinations that you can do with these cults with original Gene Stealers. I want to see something such as like Gene Stealer HQs that are able to control instinctive behaviour, um, able to improve your instinctive behaviour of your Tyranids would be really cool. Uh, hopefully there's some formations based around that. What um, it would be nice to see is some proper old school rules brought back for the Yumgal Gene Stealers. They were awesome. Um, and they were pretty terrifying. Gene Stealers have been slightly nerfed now. They're very expensive models. Um, very high points cost for those to put them in your army. So hopefully there's something around that that's going to be really cool. It's the formations that I'm looking forward to seeing. Not so much the uh, the single, single unit rules. Um, we kind of know what sort of things they're going to be doing based on the overkill. Uh, game. If you haven't played Overkill, give it a go. Some cool, uh, some cool uh, Death Watch characters in there. I love the guy with the uh, the Imperial Fist guy, the huge gun. Really cool, which you can now buy and you can now use in game, which is awesome. Um, and if you have the Overkill, well, you've got the makings of an army already, haven't you? Um, and then just add the uh, at the Neophytes, add the Metamorphs, and there you go. You've got yourself an army. Yeah, so really cool, uh, cool release this week. Um, all uh, 40k. Um, there is a small AOS release, and that is, of course, the Silver Tower bits and bobs. Again, quite excited for this. If you haven't played this game, 
what are you doing with your life? It's awesome. It really is such a cool game to play. Now a new character collection. So it's going to let you play with loads and loads of different characters now. Um, 44 different heroes from AOS you're going to be able to use for Silver Tower, which I think is awesome. Um, so even if you don't have some of the models for the uh, tower, the um, Silver Tower game, um, just use your models you have in your armies. Things like um, Skinks can be used now, Rune Lords. Um, Auric War Chanters, which are really cool, Blood Stokers, Blood Secretors, uh, lots of different knights from the Stormcasts, um, the Herald of the Venator, uh, Greyseer even has, now has rules for this game. Um, and it's 15 quid for these cards. Um, definitely worth a buy. If you own the Silver Tower, it's 100% a must buy. Um, and it just create more and more fun for this game, and it would just keep the game going, going, and going, and it'd be endless. And uh, it is a great game. It's um, There's a lot of good sort of board games that G-Dub have been releasing. Silver Tower is probably one of their best, definitely. So every week, yeah, I'll be talking about the new releases. That was uh, this week's. Well, next week, I'm expecting more Gene Stealers. There's obviously going to be more in the Codex that we don't know about yet. Um, Rumour has it that there will be vehicles, so um, look out for those. Um, I'm a bit worried to see Tyranids riding vehicles. That's going to be a, a scary fork charging at you. But we'll see. We'll see what comes out, um, and we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to get the uh, the codex to review as well. Right. I want to talk about my miniature of the week. Every week, I'll talk about a different unit or a different miniature, something that has really, uh, really impressed me recently. Now, I'll set you the scene. Last week, I went to Nottingham. I went to Warhammer World, and we played a big, big AOS game um, on the. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. The Chaos um, Fortress Battlefield. I was a uh, Nurgle in destruction. My friend was Nurgle, um, and we took on two corn um, armies. Um, so four four thousand points aside, we did the pitched battle because um, we like the points aspect of AOS more than anything else. Now, now that it's in, we play it all the time. Um, we were waiting for the points. The points came. Now we play solid. So um, Nurgle and Destruction was my team. Our plan was to breach the gates, get into the tower, and um, and win the game if we reach the tower. That was the game we came up with. The corn have to defend. Now having corn on the defense is pretty nasty, as you can imagine. Corn won this game, and they had a lot of a uh, a lot of big stuff that kept us coming from coming through those gates. But it was a good game, it was enjoyable, and um, one of the models that actually, probably player of the game, um, that absolutely did awesome, was one of my destruction models. I took a Rogue Idol of Gork. Now, the Rogue Idol of Gork is insane. Um, no one thought much of it when they put it on, when I put it on the field. They were more concerned with uh, the Great and Clean ones, the Glockkin was on the field. Um, but then this one came in, and it got stuck in. So I tried to um, get this rogue idol to sneak down the right side through one of the broken parts of the wall so he could get in and do some damage. Um, little did I know there was a Skarak waiting for me and he charged straight into me. He had to do a split charge however as he also charged a, um, a defiler. Um, but funnily enough used all his attacks on the defiler and unfortunately didn't kill it. I was expecting Skarak to absolutely mow down my army. Our, our entire army, but he didn't, um, and then it was my rogue idol's turn. Now, my rogue idol 
Um, I'll talk to you about his attacks. They are horrendous. He starts with Crushing Fists. He has a 3-inch range on this. He has 2 attacks from his Crushing Fists. And they are 2 up to hit, 2 plus to wound, 2 plus to hit, 2 plus to wound. Um, minus 3 rent and a D6 damage. I did 9 wounds on Skyrak. This was really, really good. He did 9 wounds. Minus 3 rent. Skyrak doesn't even get his save. And is just this giant rock monster hitting him right in his ugly red face. And then Boulder Stomp, um, a 2-inch range on this one. He attacks with 3d6. At full health, you are attacking with 3d6 attacks. 3 up to hit, 3 up to wound, minus 2 rend, and 2 damage. As you can imagine, Skarak died in a single turn of combat against the Rogue Idol. Korn's most dominating, dangerous-looking demon was beaten by a giant rock um, and it was just amazing um, he put the fear in the opponents and um, they charged everything into him to try and slow it down unfortunately they did eventually kill him but um, he made quite an impact so he is my miniature of the week um, if you have him I would use him he is amazing his rules are on the app um, and he's just so awesome it's a lovely model as well. Um, I hadn't painted him. It's been a while since um, I got him, and he sort of took sat on the back shelf when I fell out of love with um, the AO, AOS um, game. Um, and now he's back out and he's being painted, so he's definitely one to uh, to play. What other rules does he have? Well, he is a biggin. His rule is the biggin. He um, halves all his wo all wounds and all mortal wounds inflicted on him are halved which is insane. You have to t put 30 wounds into this guy before you kill him. 32, sorry. 32 wounds. 16 are standard, but he halves them. It's mental. Um, anything within 12, an enemy, he has to charge regardless. It's not a bad thing. You want this guy in combat. He has no ranged attacks. You want to get him in. He is tough as nails. Um, but he is unlucky to be around four inches around him after his movement phase if anything is within four inches of him roll a dice on a four up they take a mortal wound he just does not like sharing the floor with anyone else friend or foe um, which can be a bit of an issue and um, try not to keep squishy things next to him he will accidentally stamp on them or push them out of the way um, and then when he dies, he collapses. Uh, Avalanche special roll. Again, anything within four, um, roll a d6. On a four up, that unit takes d3 wounds. Uh, mortal wounds, that is, as well. So it's not very nice if you get involved in a combat with him. If you kill him, he's gonna hurt you regardless if he dies or doesn't. Definitely a model to take a look at. Unfortunately, Forge World have stopped making him. He is no longer available for purchase in the Forge World website or the store, which is a real shame. He was obviously in the Monstrous Arcanum, um, but he's a fantastic model. Try him out. Um, if you can get hold of one, if you have one, put him in an army. Your opponents will underestimate the sheer brutality. Two ups to hit, two ups to wound. One to definitely have a go with. So, like I said, I went to Warhammer World last week. Um, lots of things being changed up there. I feel like uh, they're changing their exhibition halls a lot. There's a new 40k uh, exhibition in there. There's a new AO, a couple of new AOS ones since the last time I went. It looks really, really nice in there. Um, and Armies on Parade, obviously, on its way. 15th of October. Anyone giving it a go? Um, I was a silver medalist last year in my uh, store. Um, this year I won't be taking part. Um, I left it a little too late and... Uh, 
really wanted to do like a, uh, a sort of a Death Watch Space Hulk sort of um, diorama. Um, unfortunately, I left it way too late. I know it's just less than a month now away. Um, we'll see how what see, we'll see what people come up with. Um, seen some stuff online already. People teasing, showing their uh, their boards up. Some really cool stuff being made there. Um, anything hopefully that can defeat that is better than what the amazing stuff that came out last year. Um, if anyone saw the giant monolith um, with all the uh, Necron flyers flying around it, that was that was something else. Really was. Yeah, anyone found that assassin yet? Haven't found that assassin. Hiding in the ultramarine battle is an assassin. I'll tell you now, we spent about half an hour looking for this guy. Um, if you find him, you get a free assassin to make, build and uh, use. But um, we couldn't find him. Is he in a window? Is he hiding in the renegades? Where is this dude? No idea. He's um very well hidden. That's about it for this week. A short podcast this week. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'm very new to this. Hopefully I didn't say uh and ah uh and ermin all the time. Um, I know usually I just did it again. I tend to ramble on and go uh, uh, but hopefully I didn't. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully I'll be getting some guests on as well soon and some buddies of mine. We can talk about Warhammer. We can talk about how games are going between us and what other projects we have. Um, next week I'll be talking about big uh, tournament I'll be going to uh, at the beginning of the year um, and telling you how how that's going. Um, we have to build armies for it. Armies entirely in secret. Uh, 1, 2, 50, 40k, um, that's going to be very fun, looking forward to that one, um, next week as well, also hopefully my rogue idol, I would have finished painting, I'll let you know how that went, I'll let you know what I did, if you want to paint one yourself, if you just want to paint rock effect, so he is just a giant rock, so this, the techniques I'll be talking about next week hopefully will be um, able to be transferred onto your scenery, onto anything else, stone or rocky that you are currently making or currently currently working on. Um, again, thanks for listening. My name is Chris. This was the Rage Hammer Tabletop Podcast, and I will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>